and welcome to podcast 295 of Five Star Potential, your weekly football manager podcast. On this week's pod, I'm joined by Dupe and Joseph. No Irish one this week. He's gallivanting once again. Um, Germany, I think this time. He's, he's all over the shop at the moment. Welcome, gentlemen, who are here, though. Hello. Hello. Guten, guten Abend, Matt. We'll be focusing on team talks this week. And because it's mainly something we haven't spoken about for quite a while, and we've kind of offered a few bits of morale manager advice, and I guess this is kind of the the final nail in the coffin. And it was sort of inspired by um, Ten Hag digging out his own players in a press conference. So I figured we would uh, have a look at team talks and how we can keep the morale high, even if maybe in press conferences we uh, do the opposite in FM world. But before that, we have a new save from Joseph. Um, so please tell us all. We are scraping the barrel with this because I haven't even... Pre- I've done a mat. I haven't even pressed continue on the first day yet. How but many hours? This, mate, on, uh, to be fair, probably quite a few because Duke texts me and goes... You playing FM? You're right. I'm like, I've got it. I've got it <laughs> open. I haven't done anything. <laughs> literally hours. I've literally probably left it open for about three days. He's thinking. Yeah. I'm like, I want to play FM, but I kind of wanted to do a little write up behind the save. I put it on Twitter last week saying, "Oh, I want a little financial based kind of save again, a bit like breaking Barca last year. Just kind of really go through some numbers and try and." Player save related to a bit of money as well as obviously you know achievements on the pitch, um, but because I can't be asked to write anything, I haven't played football manager. And as Dupe said, content kills saves, and uh, that is what it's done so far. But yesterday, I thought, you know what, I'm going to try and write write what I wanted to write in the opening post, just to give the save a bit of meaning around what it is, rather than just doing a Twitter thread. Now the idea, I will, I will have a Twitter thread as well to kind of do little offshoots of what the opening post will talk about. Um, but it pretty much goes back to something I've spoken to about before when we've looked at trying to find a save. And I've said numerous times now that I've I've found really good saves in managing rivals of teams that I'm fond of. So I've had a really good Spurs save, you know, recently, you know, last year. But just playing playing teams that I, would, I never would have played as before, like having doing the Liverpool save, like on the, the not I'm not calling it a journeyman, but the the Salford to Manchester via Paris Saint Germain. <laughs> as a Manchester United fan, you, yeah, you and as a Manchester United Liverpool. fan, yeah, yeah, that's it, mate. Yeah. The weird thing is, is that I never want to manage West Ham in football manager, yeah, you do, <laughs> which you know, is right. weird in itself. Um, but I decided that I was going to have a go with Valencia. Now, obviously, Villarreal's big rivals are Valencia, so that's where the rivalry comes in. Um, I've tried it a few times in previous editions where I thought, you know what, I fancy giving Valencia a go, and it never really clicks. Um, but I kind of I keep looking at it. Obviously, they've had the whole Gattuso thing. There's lots of little bits that make me go, do you know what, I really fancy doing a Valencia save. And obviously, they are, they're a bit fucked financially. Um when you actually go back and look through some of the the financials, it's not necessarily that they're in a bad way. They just haven't progressed like Barcelona, Real Madrid, Atletico Madrid. And now you've got 
Villarreal, Sevilla, Betis, they've kind of come to the fore where they're actually generating a lot more revenue than Valencia. And I just thought, you know what, I could have a bit of fun with this. It's it's a nice little squad to start with. With it being FM, the money's never going to be terrible because they're obviously avoid getting law, lawsuits put on them. But they're still you know, massively in debt. They've also got something that's always fascinated me, which is they started building a stadium years ago and they had to stop because they basically just didn't have the money for it. And now, after years of trying to get it refinanced and do stuff, they finally have come to an agreement where they're going to build this new stadium, the new Mestire. And that's... In real life, they've said 2024. Um, In-game, it says 2025. So there's, there could be a little bit of uh, wiggle room there. But I'm kind of like, that would be pretty cool because they're going to move to a new stadium. Um, how I, I don't know in-game, but in real life, they financed half of this stadium. They've got to find the finance to pay for the other half. So whether or not when you move into that stadium, you're going to incur another load of debt could be quite fun. Um, obviously, they're, they're 70% owned by Peter Lim. Peter Lim is of exactly. <laughs> this is you know how when things all kind of it all comes together. Obviously, Salford, Peter Lim, so it, it all very much links into my whole kind of save narrative of this year type of thing. And he he has actually written off a lot of money, but the fans hate him. Like they are really really against him. Um, so I'm kind of I'm kind of looking forward to. You know where it goes, what what he does as a chairman, because it does say that he loves the club. When you think of players that they've had in the past, like Juan Mata, David Silva, David Villa, uh, Soldado, Pablo Aymar, there's, there's just it goes on and on. Like San, um, Canizares, goalkeeper. Like I've, I think back at these players that I'm just like, oh, so good, so good. And I was thinking, oh, what can I do in the save? So I've kind of. Ideally, what I want to do is eventually topple the duopoly of Real Madrid and Barcelona. Likelihood of that happening, slim. Playing as Villarreal, which I've done a few times, it, it normally takes kind of 10 seasons, seven, seven to 10 seasons before you can really start challenging. You never truly take over because Real Madrid are ridiculous. Like, I think it's so difficult to overtake them and sustain that. Um. Barcelona, obviously, with their financial issues, I don't think they really get punished. It's not punished in-game like it is in real life because I think that's too hard to code in with how La Liga are trying to screw them over. Um, But what I've done, I've basically set myself some little little objectives, should we say, Um, and I've put improving the bottom line, obviously. So going through the squad, looking, I mean, they're... They're only this five hundred grand a week um, wage budget, which is enough. But you compare it to Real Madrid, Barcelona, Atletico Madrid, like they are massive in comparison. And you go through the squad, and it's not it's not great. Highest paid player is Gabriel Paulista, Ooh. the former Arsenal and Villarreal centre half. He's on about seventy eight grand a week, I think. Um, I think he's dog shit anyway. Um, but it's whether or not we can bring players in and keep the wage structure low because I always find in FM like as you're bringing players in it, it creeps up quite quickly so it's going to 
it will obviously be difficult to sign the right player at the right price and obviously weed out a lot of the crap that's there. Try and get a small squad, reduce the wage budget, see if we can start being a bit profitable. I had a very similar one with Anderlecht, Joe. You know when I did my little Anderlecht save and I was yeah. trying to be really strict with the with the wage budget and, and trying to keep that pay structure in place as much as I could. It is such a tough task because, it, you know, obviously, that, I mean, at times I might have slipped into an odd bonus here and there, but it really, it like these players want so much money. And we're not even talking about like top quality players. We're talking about, you know, at best squad fillers and they, they oh, I want 50 grand a week. Well, hang on. Like, seriously? So yeah, you've got a hell of a task on your hand just to mm. do that, let alone anything else. I hate awkward bonus. Sorry? Exactly. Um, the <laughs> second one that I've put on there is climbing the Deloitte Money League. Now, that isn't in Football Manager, but if you actually look at club reputation versus the Money League, they're very similar, which I find quite, not strange, but the reputation, when you actually look at it, it's like there is, it's, it's probably two or three teams out of how it actually is in real life. Like I was looking like Zenit are in there. and play. So I'm going to try and use the Deloitte Money League to kind of use the reputation. So we grow our reputation and like see where it goes against that. Try and extract some data from the game to see if I can build something. That, that That's a small one for me to try and see if I can basically make that Money League become FM related. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Um, did you have something, Matt? I was going to... I was just going to ask about sort of playing stuff, but I'll let you finish your objectives first because it may well come out as one anyway. Sick. Um, step three, academy. Again, is to obviously try and build the academy. So what I'll probably do is the second team is probably try and just get rid of everybody related to that. Just clear that whole thing out. Staff, players, just have that as a completely kind of dead part of the club and then just make sure that the the kind of under 19s have got best staff and try and build that academy up get make sure the facilities for that are as good as they can be and then try and generate money that way by and and if i can obviously try and bleed those players into the squad so to because that's that way not only is it cost effective, it's kind of you've they all you always get attached to those players that come through the academy and you bring them in. So that's something I want to pay particular attention to rather than just going out and spending money if I can. And then step four is literally the end of the um, blog post that I've written because I haven't finished it. Um, is finding my Pablo Omar. So <laughs> I've spoken about it a couple of times before about finding players that fit that mold. And I'll probably, I mean, in my head, the idea is to write something about that. Um, but you actually look at his attributes from when he was in championship manager, football manager. I mean, he's fucking, he might as well just be messy with no legs um, because he, <laughs> he's ridiculous. <laughs> but when you start looking around and you look at players like Tego Almada and players like that, like there's similarities and... Again, I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look more into that of kind of finding here, finding that player as the player that could be the linchpin for the whole the whole save. So that that's something that I'm quite interested in. Um, but it's really just to start playing FM again. But I've kind of had this itch 
to write something as well as just play the game. And to be fair, it's like it's, I've struggled over the past couple of weeks because I haven't played the game because I can't put the words together that I want to do because then I want to be able to just add little little bits on Twitter because I, I love I love conversing about Football Manager, but it's fucking really I'm <laughs> I'm struggling to get this blog post finished. So chat. GBT or whatever it's called. I should just use that and say, write me a blog post. <laughs> it's, it's not bad. <laughs> Might be a bit out of date, but... Um, <laughs> but By the time um, this fucking blog's finished, mate, it'll be out of date. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love the idea that you're looking for an Imar-esque figure. It's uh, a very romantic part about football. But my question was about sort of existing stuff, because Valencia have quite a few players on loan. Is there any players that you've sort of earmarked that you're planning to sort of build the squad around at least initially? Mate, I don't even think I've looked at who's there. I just looked at who's the highest paid player. Um, who's the left back? He's decent, isn't he? Gaia. Gaia. Oh, yeah. yeah, he's yeah. decent. Um, there's a, I think there's a young. Uh, who's the centre half? French led. The Akate. The Akate. Mm, yes. Is, is it? Is he there still? Yeah. I thought it was Leverkusen. Can't remember. Okay. He's he's a decent centre-half anyway, let's put it that way. Yeah. His contract runs out at the end of the season. He's only on 20-odd grand a week. And I'm, I know I've, I looked, I, I haven't even dared to click discuss contract because it's, I've got the feeling that with there's like teams like Newcastle are interested in me. I'm like, that's going to be... Hundred grand, and you just oh, know it. Oh, disgusting! Hold out your end. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, no. Quick answer is not really. Um, they've got the goalkeeper Marmadash, really the Georgian. Yeah, I like him. Um, so again, he 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 could stay on as the goalkeeper for quite a few years. Um, is it Yunus Musa they've got as well? Yeah. I'm butchering these names probably because I, I, I honestly I haven't really looked at the squad. I've been looking at everything else like finances and things like that. So yeah, they've they've got a few little players um, that can that can do a job. So yeah, it'd be interesting. But from actual staff point of view, they haven't actually got that many staff when you start the game. Um, I think they've got an assistant manager who you inherit from um, Baraha. And then I think they've only got like two or three staff. So you, there's nice empty slots for me to go in and build my own back room. Their recruitment team is all Spanish. So they've got no one with any foreign ability to go and find me in my little South American gems. <laughs> um, so there's there's a bit of building there, but I quite like that because then I, you haven't got somebody else's problem. So that that's nice. Like With the scouting where I've done this before, and I've cleared everything out because it's like, well, we're not going to buy anybody, so let's get rid of all the scouts. So, like, I now get a chance to be able to go, actually, I can run quite a lean recruitment team and try and utilise kind of me just literally scouring through trying to find what I want. Uh, the The big question for me is, who is your manager going to be? Funny you should say that. I have created him, and it is... Uh, I like to always go through and look for club legends or someone that I want to go for. Um, and probably the most iconic player of recent times, in my opinion, David Villa. Because he isn't in the game. 
because he's trying to be a club owner. So I've gone, do you know what? David Villa. So that's going to be my my manager. Pseudonym. It's quite the departure from Marcus Senna. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely opposites there. Both played for Spain, though, so there is that. Um, it's no Neil Empty or George Switzer. So, yeah. Kieran Maguire. It's another one you've had. Yeah, Kieran Maguire, yeah. Shout out, Kieran. Yeah, I think I've got a Ronaldinho one. I've got Test Test. <laughs> Mr. Manager. <laughs> Save and reload. That's Dave's guy. Yeah. Massive guy of an afro. <laughs> To be fair, though, Biggie's mm. Biggie, Biggie's bag. Yeah, Biggie's um, bag. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, Matt, like at one stage, this, um, I think we, me and Joe were talking about saves and that, and I said, oh, I really fancy doing a save in Spain, and I was chatting away to him. I said, I really fancy doing Valencia. I don't know why. I don't know what it is. It just, you know. And he went, What? No, you're not. And I was like, Yeah, yeah, I am. I'm thinking about it as an offline save. Then he just sent me the first two lines of his blog. I was like, Oh. That's, that's weird. Great man's thing like. But he was that close. He was very close to doing the network save. And we were very, very close. But unfortunately, he decided that, uh, that he was better off doing this. When I put it on Twitter about starting the save, literally someone went, oh, I'm fancying doing one with Valencia because their finances are fucked. I was like, great minds. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's something, as I say, now I've, I've, now I've nearly finished this opening post. I might actually play the game. Because I was really enjoying FM, playing that kind of long-term one. Really got me into it, but obviously I was playing, I was basically, I was winning the league. Other than Salford and Stoke, went to PSG, dominated, went to, where did I go after PSG? Liverpool, dominated, Man United, dominated, and it was kind of like, right, this is now, it's too easy to just plug and play. And I'll just, and, and you get to that point where, all of the real players have disappeared. Now, I was, I've always liked playing with the database of a lot of real players, not necessarily just full of new gens. So I was kind of, you know, when you start seeing new gens and you're like, oh yeah, I was going to sign him when he was 18. He's now like 28. You're like, <laughs> fuck me. This one's gone on a bit. It's probably your longest save that you've for, for a long you've time, actually mate. played yeah, for a long yeah. time. And, and I played it quick as well. I've done I. I went through them seasons. I was doing them fast, which I never do. People always call it out and go, oh, I'll do, a, I'll do like a season in a day. I'm like, yeah, fuck me. Like, I've got kids. I'm not a virgin. <laughs> I've got a life. <laughs> <laughs> got no fans. Got only fans. Oh, yeah. No, I was going to say, so the content side to things, Joe, because you always kind of beat me up about my content. So I feel it's, it's only fair that I kind of have a little chat with you about yours. So uh, you're going to pop this little blog out. Amazing. Can't wait to read it. Um, if not, I, I might. read. Can you read it for me? Like, read it to me? That'd be great. I'll hire Matt. I'll go on Fiverr and get Matt to read it. <laughs> and then just stick it on Audible because I've got loads <laughs> yeah. of tokens available. Um, but are we expecting like a season on season update? Mm, or don't expect are we not no, committed I'll never, I'll, never play, I'll never play the game, mate. I feel like Matt doing a fucking video save reveal. I was going to say. <laughs> Save's Start. done before the video comes yeah. out. <laughs> I don't, what, I think what I want, the, what I'll do is write the opening post, link the topics to probably like a, a little Twitter thread and then try and pick it up like when I want to write about something. So for instance, cleansing the squad. 
like I might write a bit about that. So it'll be just be a short piece about what I do to do that. Um, how I build a, like my backroom staff. Like it might just be little bits like that of how I play it rather than just doing like season on season updates because otherwise, and I've always done this, you play a season and then you're like, you're into the next season. You go, oh, fuck, I can't be asked to write, you write stop, You've got to stop and write. Yeah, definitely. It's, uh, that's just something for me that slows me down playing the game. So I might do it in a different way. Okay, cool. I'm excited for it. Oh, I am as well. I'd, it'll be interesting to see how you take to it with obviously your heart very much being aligned with Villarreal. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how... <laughs> I, um... I think that, uh, it's difficult, isn't it? Because I mean, I'm, I'm currently managing one of our rivals with my Manchester City save. And then in my offline save, I took the Liverpool job and I've played two games and I can't be asked to play it. Is that because it's Liverpool maybe? Is it because I've just bored of that save? I don't know. But I just find it very difficult to cheer a Liverpool goal. It's a game. I know. Um, it's more it's, than a game. It's more than a game. The uh, the difference, there will be a slight difference because Villarreal have no debt, yet they have a small stadium, whereas v- Valencia have got huge debt and a massive stadium and a massive state. Well, I say massive, 55,000 seat stadium coming. So they actually generate match day income. Whereas okay. Villarreal is very small, like you don't earn a lot of income from match day income with Villarreal. So that it, so it is literally managing a rival, but flipping two of the financials on their head. Very different dynamic. Ying and Yang. I think he left look- for Mallorca. <laughs> 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 on that note, um, serious, I'm, I'm serious. Though, there was they did <laughs> yeah. have a Korean player, didn't they? You would know better than I. I'm sure they Valencia. Did. Valencia. Yes, they like, did. Was it Lee Kang Yin? Uh, I'm not going to have a little guess of what it is because I want to get myself into hot hot water. But uh, right. they did have a Korean player. Yes, uh, Lee Kang In. Uh, he was a South Korean professional footballer who played as an attacking midfielder. He currently is at Mallorca at the moment at 22, but he used to play for Valencia. That's who I was thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I'll, prob- I'll probably start it on Thursday. So Are you going away? Sunday, uh, that's probably Friday. Okay. So I'll play it Thursday and then resume once the pod is out. Hang on, you're away all week. Hang on, Matt, I know we're in a pod, but you're away all weekend. We've not spoke about this. Maybe. Hang on. on. Let me check our shared diary. Where's this? I'm I'm going to celebrate the baby Jesus. Oh, yeah? What, are you going to rise again? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Go and splash some juice on a baby. (laughs) Oh, okay. Different type of party. Thomas. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, indeed. <laughs> um, but, team talks, gentlemen. <laughs> side men all over, yeah. <laughs> oh, mate. He's a dick, isn't he? Which one? I mean, he's got a lot of money, but what an idiot. Mm. Different. 
who would edit something and leave something that bad in? <laughs> I have. Don't tempt me. We saved Matt's career that day. That's all I'm saying. Many careers have been saved over the years, I think. Um, yeah, so team talks. Um, as I alluded to in the introduction, this is kind of the, the last bastion of morale advice. And I think there are probably some football manager myths, some of which some of us may still believe in, some that we don't know if are actually dispelled um, and maybe need to be answered by SI. But um, this is really to to hopefully give those of you that tend to struggle or ask the assistant to do it all the time a bit of a, a leg up in regards to what options you might want to pick and ones you might want to avoid. So that's pretty much where we'll start, gents, I think. First of all, do we trust the assistant? No. I, I, I don't know if it's just me. I see loads of people, like, and not just team talks, but like press conferences as well, send assistant, and I'm like... What are you doing? Fuck, mate. They definitely just bite a Kit Kat, don't they? Yeah. You know, not a singular finger at a time. They're just, they're biting a Kit Kat. That's the the kind of people they are. Operation Yew Tree. And I'm not saying that it's it's wrong, but it just, when I look at it, I just, I look (laughs) at it and I just go, you know what? Society has told us that you should eat a Kit Kat a finger at a time Mm. and you're just saying, fuck you, society. And that's what, Clicking send assistant does to me. It's the what's it's the equivalent of the the podium meme, isn't it? With the guy uh, who's biting the medal and spraying everyone. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's very strange. It's, it's the same sort of people that put the milk in with the tea bag before they put the water in. Like it's just they're wrongons. Like it doesn't take long. Joe Joe's mentioned the press conferences and the glitch, not the glitch, but second from the left piece of piss, right? That, that literally takes just as long as it does to click send assistant now and you know you're getting it right. Second from the left until they change it to when it's got like three and then two and you've clicked it and it says like, who do you, whatever, like it'll ask you a question and it's like you have to answer a club yeah. or a player and you go, what the fuck was the question? No comment, no comment, no, <laughs> no comment. comment. <laughs> no comment. But um, I don't, I, I, think, I think team talks are very straightforward. For me, a positive guy, as a positive manager I am, uh, I I like to to put faith in people, and I like to tell them that I have the, my, their faith that they have my faith, and I like to point fingers at them, and I like to there, kind of. There's really... something you do. Well, there is something that you do that I, I mean, there's two things here. I'm going to be one thing that triggers me, and then another thing that I never do. Yeah. So the one thing that triggers me is when you go to do a substitution and you have the players ordered by condition. Yeah. Rather than position, yeah. Oh, mate, it's like okay. Can I? Can I just? I feel like I need to kind uh, of like no, verify that. No, 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 no. no? Okay. The other thing that you do that I never do, yeah, is I never do a team talk on a substitution. Okay, I do it. All and you always do that. Yeah, always do it. So I just think like it's the last little bit. If you can give them like that last little boost of morale as they go out onto the pitch, that little bit of confidence, and and even when we have a bad game, like granted, there's sometimes where. Especially when you're streaming, uh, but if you're if you're playing the game and you're watching something, you're listening to something, your mind can 
kind of go off the, off piece and you might accidentally click the wrong one and then it's time just to give up and come out come out of that game and and, and uh, get ready for for trying to repair that in in the coming weeks but for me it is just as positive as i can i will point the finger at them and i will say look i've got faith in you you can do this come on you can do this the only the only time that i would use use it on a a player i'm subbing on mm. is if they're nervous so like if their body language suggests that if they're a young player for example um and they're not necessarily you're not bringing them on to save the game for you but you're bringing them on and it's potentially their debut um and so at least they're not going to have a a shitter on their debut or at least mitigate them having a shitter on their debut my view on it is is this is the fact that if i'm making that sub real life now granted it is a game as we talked about but i think about this as if it was me actually there i'm not going to make a substitution and put a player on the pitch without putting my arm around that player before he goes on and be going look you know Obviously, probably in real life, I'd be going through the instructions. How do you manage seven-year-olds? I, yeah, but I do it to them You're as putting, well. Putting your arms around them. <laughs> no, I, they're too short for that. Um, oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> Look, seriously, though, I, I wouldn't like put them on the pitch without a conversation in their ear, without that little bit of a, uh, like a confidence boost. Pep talk. I, oh, it could be Pep, it could Klopp, anyone. Like, I just feel that it just needs to be done. You wouldn't just like give him, okay, right, so number 15's coming on, let's push him on and then just not say anything. And and to me, every little bit you can do to kind of improve that morale, it, it, it needs to be done. I don't see why you would not take the opportunity to do it. And we know how heavily driven this game is by morale, why you wouldn't fight for that. If we're coming out of the game... And we're going to talk to these players about their trainings doing wow, amazing. And then actually, the, he, oh, let's praise conduct because we want to bump their morale up. Let's fucking go talk about them in the press. Well, why not just have a one-to-one when you can? Because it's difficult to have one-to-ones, that, that, you know, and that's your time to do it. Well, the reason that we'll, we'll come back sort of and add a bit, a bit of structure to this, because um, th- there is opposing views that you can have from what you've just said there. Obviously, there are multiple points that you can have a team talk so you can have it pre-match yep. half-time yep. post-match and obviously the substitution uh team talks that we've discussed briefly there as well um so what are that in fact before i ask the question there used to be uh, i i don't know if anyone else does this but in part games past and this is more of a i think an older fm between probably fm 05 and then probably maybe 12 but I still do it now it's still something I still check even if it doesn't really make any difference is I look at match odds and take into account what because that because that's that's giving me this suggest like that's telling me what the game is expecting my team's performance to be obviously if the odds are heavily in my favor I'm expected to win and so that will influence the team talk I give um because of um the, that's the only real indication the game is giving me in, in terms of where where the game is judging me at this point. Um, if it's evens or close odds, then obviously it's it, it could be one either one of us. And then if it's heavily against me, then I'm expected to lose. And that that's what I use to influence what team talk I use more than what the assistant manager suggests that I would take. But are there any particular team talks that we use? predominantly 
at each of those stages, so pre-match, half-time, post-match. We'll start with that, and then we'll go to the opposite, which is the ones that we'll avoid. I think I tend. I think when you get to the point that you have the bottom selection, which is something like the media have hyped us up, go out there and show them that they des- you deserve it. When mm-hmm. you've got that, you're in that peak, your performance window, and like if you get that as your team talk, just click that and they all go green. Yeah. But stuff that I avoid, just pick up from uh, where you left off. That seems to be like a massive negative for me. Like whenever you do it, you just invariably will fucking get a draw or a defeat. Um, I will use the get revenge when obviously when it's there when you've lost to that team and you you need to go out and get revenge. And depending on what type of match it was, I will go to individuals as well. And you know I've got faith in you. That and that they're the kind of ones that I use po- uh, prior to the game. For me, like I said, I've already spoke about the faith. I like to, like I said, I like to to, to blow smoke up my players' ass. I think that's the best way. That's they're, they're professional footballers. That, that's the best way for me. Like I said, I, I'm I'm a quite a gesture heavy as well. Joe, do you just click it or do you do you kind of apply a gesture to it as well? Depends. Um, n- normally fairly neutral, but I will go to the um, kind of arms out, whatever that one is. You know. Jazz I tend hands. to I tend to use the jazz hands, yeah. Because <laughs> um, so, so that's kind of my main one. For for me, I don't like using the revenge one. Like it just never seems to come good for me, and I am yet to throw a water bottle. Um, oh, I love a water I, bottle. I've never. I don't think I've ever thrown a water bottle. Um, you don't lose enough, mate. Well, maybe that, but maybe I just got a lot of respect for the high quality H two O. You know what I mean? I get. I get. I have. I. You know, I'll I'll have outbursts, and I usually get the like the media news item after locked it, saying, in the dressing room. Yeah, that that sort of thing. Um, but I, I've not actually used the the gesture. It's an extra click. I'm normally <laughs> so half yeah at half time if we're not performing, not getting not the result that I would be expecting. I'm normally quite aggressive there to try and kind of fire them up. And then normally at the end of the game, if it was a defeat, it's more about trying to move on from it and not... But on the odd occasion, yeah, I'll definitely dash a war ball. What about if you've... like at the end, So this is more the, for the end of the game. If And you've had like a generally okay team performance, but you've had one or two players, whether they you've subbed them off at half-time or they've just you've left them on and they've just not gone any, anything above a, a 6.4. How do you... How do you go about those matches? Do you treat sort of them as part of the team and it's just like a case of you've had an off game and you don't have a go at them? Or will you single them out after you've done a, a praising not, team talk for everyone Not in else? a team talk. I, I ghost them in the team talk. That's just a, a unilateral team talk for the whole thing. Then we get out and then I find them. I know. <laughs> yeah. See, that's one thing I don't do enough. I just, Matt, I'm going to be honest with you, a bit like you, man. It's just extra clicks. It, it that seems very difficult to kind of manage, to be honest, time wise. But yeah, I, I think that's the right thing to do, Joe. See, that's um, that's where like you do team talks, like individual stuff. But then I'll go through and I'm like praising and criticizing mm-hmm. training performances. Like I do that very because I don't praise anybody in training. I know a tangent unless it's over nine, a nine rating, and I think like a lot of people do like eight and above. I'm like nines only. 
So you get to a point in a season when it, when people start hitting nine and above in training, like I'm going, right, we're in a peak window here because we're fucking, we're hitting the nines in training. And it's normally like the same two or three players that always get it. But I'm like, just bang that praise, get them fucking excellent in training. And then like you start, the results are there. So you're getting that team talk of the media hyping you up, get on that. The morale's boosted there. And it, it definitely makes a makes a difference. And like you say, when you're going and finding players for poor, poor performance, if you get that inbox item saying that they're determined to make a difference, go in, attribute, green arrow, up. Get on it. See, I do the same for post-match performances if they're above a nine as well. I won't, like, similar, similar to you, Joe, if, if, if we've won and um, I've just had one or two players that haven't quite matched everyone else, um, I'll ignore those, but if we've won and there are players who are who have gone above lines, you know, I'll give the the individual delighted after the yeah. good. When you get the inbox call. for the player of the match, or do you actually go through for all the players that have done it? Um, I would. So I'd do it for the team talk, and then I would individually praise if I get yeah. the like for the man of the match. I'd praise them as well. See, I only do the man of the match if they're above a nine. Like if they've got man of the match and it's like eight point seven five. I'm not going in there congratulating you. Fuck off. Get me a nine. Oh, do you know what one of my, <laughs> like the biggest things I hate is when you, when it comes through as a news article and it says like, uh, Bray's player in the bottom right corner. So you click that and like, it gives you, oh, you were great in front of girl, all this stuff. And actually none of that corresponds to what they did. Like, it's, it's, it, it's normally when you get defenders and you defenders get correct. high match ratings yes. because they've scored goals. Yeah, yeah. It'll be like, oh yeah, your defensive work was top notch. But it wasn't. You've probably got it because you scored two goals from a uh, set piece hack. I don't. I don't normally have defenders score headers uh, that often in 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 my mm. in, 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 in my saves to be to, to be fair. Uh, Jack. What a day! What are you talking about? Um, but yeah, that that very because it again that's all, almost like an auto click, and then I kind of have to try and peer around the corner to see what his his statistics for the game were, but um, I do think I, I do think it's a lot more important than some people think, and I think people just hit that send I, I wonder so much. I, I wonder how much it actually makes a difference. I I think you're talking like zero point one. Like, I, I remember there being like it 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 can give you a boost up to the first fifteen minutes, and I don't know if I read that on a tooltip or I I've read that somewhere on a forum years ago or what, but I I do feel like you can. There are those, and it, it may just be like placebo effect and potentially just my interpretation of what's happening. But there have been those where you think I've fucked that team talk up. I've I've, oh, I've yeah. clicked the wrong option or what have you, and then I, pretty much as soon as it clocks over fifteen minutes, it's like. Oh, my team's back now. They're actually performing as a, as they should be and have been. It's like they've forgotten about it, or I've gone and used like um, I've used one of the the, the touchline shouts, and that's kind of fixed it as well. Or, so, or when you hit a touchline shout and they all go red, and yeah. you're like, oh fuck that, and then oh look, they've all forgotten about it now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So there are like timeouts for these things. So I do think there there is like a a timed window of mm. of effect for each of them. That's strange, isn't it? Like you'd think it'd have a bit more of a lasting effect on that. But then I guess if you've got fifth, the first fifteen minutes out, the first fifteen minutes of the second half. Um, but it, it happens in 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 real life, though. 
like the you, you don't you can't just say give them a team talk and it just it's got this everlasting effect that players fatigue and get tired uh their mind will wander they're not going to just remember like the the words that you gave them at half time are not necessarily going to be ringing their ringing in their ears unless they get another opportunity to sort of have have that or that they see what you've said to them at half time has had a positive impact and therefore it's like what he said was right and we'll keep on going now but it's not you you rarely get those sorts of like perfect performances um talking of perfect performances we've sort of touched on like purple patches of form but obviously there is that evil evil word of complacency that tends to creep in eventually whether it be part of the media press conferences or as part of the team talks what are we doing to avoid complacency setting in once we have been on a good run of form um what team talks do we tend to pick to avoid or or when those sort of prompts come up in relation to complacency what are we doing to try and sort of keep the the train running as it were it's a difficult question i I know i tend to pick I, I tend to pick the selection that I know is going to make the morale go green rather than sometimes like when you say, don't get complacent now, like it doesn't always work. So like you pick something like, um, keep up, keep doing what you're doing and the result will come and it all goes green. Like when you play it, you start figuring out like play the game, not the match. And it's like, you know, you know, like with the press conferences, if you do the second one in from the left, it normally, you know, you come out of it not too bad. doesn't fuck anybody off. Same with the team talks is that you start learning the ones to, to click to get the morale green rather than it necessarily being what you actually want to say to them. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a difficult one. Yeah, I have to I have to admit, I'm quite probably, I'm probably just stick with the ones I know. Um, and, and I know what works for me and I know what gets my response that I want. So I probably wouldn't deviate from that, to be honest. I wonder as well, just literally popped into my head. I wonder if you say you're, you're, you know, you're playing as your, yourself in game as an English manager and you're managing a French team. Like, do your team talks actually matter if they don't understand what you're saying? See, I I would have loved, and I, I, like people talk about FM hardcore mode uh, and like you know taking removing attributes and things like that. Mate, there's what motherfuckers out there that play it in the language. What I was going to say, that, that's, that's that. what it should be though. That should that what it should be is that you actually learn like you're you get sort of words mixed in gradually as you become more um, <laughs> more fluent in the language that you're sort of trying to learn. I thought that might be quite an interesting hardcore mode feature at some point. I've done it for a whole save. I did it in the MLS uh, and I changed everything to American. <laughs> and I actually did quite well with it. Uh, it wasn't that difficult. Uh, you can stick your hardcore and you can shove it. No, um, we did it at Red Star as well. We did like two clicks of continue in French and then I shit myself. And then I couldn't turn it back to English because it was quite difficult to get to. <laughs> So on stream we were like this French so do- French is probably like the uh, one of the easier ones to work out. Right? I don't know. I'm not very I'm not very good with English, man. Amer- American sounds easier. <laughs> yeah, American's <laughs> quite easy. Australian yeah, might be quite tough. Pep talks and yeah. Pep talks are quite I quite yeah. and what, the, the other one is um they call clashes wars. 
I think is the oh, other one. They're like, fighting with anything. Rosters. If they could, right? Yeah, rosters. Is, Ross, that's your oh, favourite get one. Get out. Yeah. Get out. Yeah. Um, can I... We haven't touched upon one team talk that's very crucial that we've not mentioned. Uh, and it's pretty it's, new. It's going to be controversial. No, no, no. It's, and it's pretty new. Uh, but just before penalty shootout, there's now an option to have a team talk. Um, if you haven't been to a penalty shootout, you probably wouldn't know. Mm. But you... I mean, the one I normally pick on that one is pick, pick a, a side. Yeah, don't Go change your mind. Yeah, yeah, don't change your mind. <laughs> Every time, yeah. But the, you, there is like three or four that you can pick, um, which I think is a really good thing again, because it is realistic. You know, you do get them in a huddle before you do that and, and away they go. But um, yeah, that's quite a big one because I wonder how easy it is to kind of cock that up and then send all these players nervously to that penalty spot and add that bit of pressure on top. That A penalty shootout is one of them things that, I probably pay more attention to than some of the other kind of just norm in game normal normal game features. And it's like if you're coming up to a game where there could be a penalty shooter, I put penalties on training. Okay. And then a similar thing, the team talk will be pick a side, don't change your mind. Don't change your mind. And then I also pick the penalty takers based on their body language. Not their attributes. Not their attributes. I'd rather put someone in there that's confident. Or, you know, rather than someone being nervous. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. So I'd probably say I, I try and play that more than I would just your, like your average team talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you go, uh, you sort by body language and then attributes, right? I wouldn't say sort. I'd probably go through, like I would, I would still put your best penalty taker in there regardless of what it said. Yeah. Because I, th- I think their their attributes would probably overtake their body language first but then like as you're going down like and you're kind of trying to select some players that don't necessarily have the attributes i'd go body language over an attribute particularly to reference a previous pod and a previous subject and go on a little deviation that's very sorry would you pick somebody like obviously this is going pr- proper in depth but if you had a player that does not like big matches would you let him take a penalty if no, you, but then they probably wouldn't be in my team. Okay. But if you went to Valencia tomorrow, choose Thursday, and you've got a penalty shootout, and you would, is it something that you would consciously think about, or is that just kind of going a bit too in depth? De- depends what the game is, because if it's like a Copa del Rey first round game, is that a big match? I guess if if they, they don't like big matches, if you're talking because about of going pressure, into a final, if you're talking about going into a final, then yeah, it would be something I'd probably look at. No, I just wonder where because of they're going in that high pressured environment to take that penalty shootout. But it's high pressure. It's not necessarily a big match, though, is it? Mm. This is something I had a conversation with people. Was going, what determines what a big match is? Because a a cup final could be a big match, but yeah. so could also a relegation six pointer. Yeah. What okay. what determines what is a big match? Yeah. And I'm presuming it will be one of the hidden attributes. They'll have a low or a higher hidden attribute the game yeah uh, to continue on this tangent cause oh. just because it's in, interested me what do you lean on more heavily as an attribute when it comes to deciding penalty takers if there are sort of similar attributes are you looking at finishing composure or penalties as like the defining attribute or is it a combination of all three it's a bit of, bit of everything really and no left footers I, yeah, 
I wonder whether I always thought whether bravery would come into play, but that, I think that's me trying to overthink things as per usual. But um, I just think for me, finishing it's got to be up there. Um, composure, I'm not that bothered about, but uh, I do like I do have a little sniff on the technique as well and penalty taker. So yeah, I think there's a few there that could link to it. Um, but I think that is my head just trying to be a little bit clever and make it look like I'm hipster. Overthinking. Tries, well, tries tricks. Flair trait and they're doing penenkas. Oh, oh, Flair 20. <laughs> imagine if you could, you could like, uh, you could just get that as a player trait, like uh, tr- attempt stutter penalty. The, um, yeah, that's just if you fucking got a YouTube video on while you're playing FN. Um, just <laughs> as we cool were tangenting, yeah, <laughs> as we was talking, just going off on a tangent, we spoke about this yesterday or the day before, Duke. Overhead kicks, oh. just very quickly. So you see Clates is one. Clates. He's got on Twitter, Clates, yeah. he's six foot six striker scoring an absolute belt of an overhead kick. But I was watching Duke stream the other night and he had one player attempted it like two or three times in one match. It didn't come off. No, it didn't didn't score, but it was score. attempting overhead kicks. Yeah, was like, you don't see them ever. And then in He's a week, I've seen like match. five or six <laughs> overhead kicks. I'm like, has the patch just added overhead kicks in? Can we also add... Some, a... Someone's been down the motion capture and just been like doing, <laughs> doing bicycle kicks. Seb's just doing Nick Madden's now got yeah. a bruised hip. Yeah. <laughs> Van Nistelrooy's, yeah, probably. Um, I think that was League One as well, Those that stream. Like we, we weren't like top echelon of European football. We were in League One and these kids were just trying overhead kicks. Mental. Love it. Well, on that moment, on that moment, on that note, we will end things there on the various tangents because we'll be here all night and it's already pretty late. Uh, I'm up in four hours. The and you're welcome that Mad hasn't done a quiz. Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't have time to do one this week. To be fair, we've managed to the, the tangents of big of, driveway uh, in Germany. <laughs> probably my most enjoyable episode he, uh, he, uh, that he's been involved in. Because he's not here. Because he's not here. <laughs> Brilliant. Get the hint, anyway, mate. that brings episode 295 to a close. You can find the links for each of us in the podcast description or by or by visiting 5starpotential.com where you can find all our latest Football Manager content, including Joe's blog about Valencia. Hopefully. Five Star Potential is available on iTunes, Spotify, and most of the popular podcast apps and platforms with a new podcast released every week. Thank you all for listening. There will be more from us next week. Enjoy the remainder of your bank holiday Easter weekend, whether you are celebrating or not. Say goodbye, folks. Goodbye, folks.